Welcome to the Shit You Should Wipe podcast. Today, we're going to talk about sensuality. And to do that, I invited Rabbi Charina Eisenberg. First, first, let me tell you about her. Rabbi Charina is a wellness expert, women's empowerment leader, and spiritual speaker. She's the creator of Hot Pink Torah, nourishing body and spirit through ancient wisdom and mo modern rituals where she teaches women the art of sensuality as a spiritual practice to awaken inner trust, body love, and confidence, and cultivate your appreciation of joy and beauty in daily life. Ordained by Aleph, Alliance for Jewish Renewal, and with an MA in Jewish Education from the Jewish Theological Seminary, Rabbi Sharina has presented at a variety of organizations, including Harvard University, Brigham and Women's Hospital, and nonprofits nationally. She's an avid salsa dancer, farmer's market enthusiast, and lover of creativity and the performing arts. So the reason I invited Sharina on this podcast is because she's a friend. We've met through um, programs that we took together, and but also and mostly because I think of her as a sensuality queen. When I think sensuality, I think Sharina. So Sharina, welcome to the Shit You Should Wipe podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> so Sharina, when I invited you to this podcast, you told me, why do you use the word shit? Because you shared with me that you actually don't swear, right? Yeah, it's it's just not something that I'm accustomed to. It's not how I grew up. Um, every now and then, you know, something might ruffle my feathers a little bit um, and a word comes out, but it's just not something that typically I would do, especially in a professional context. And so when you invited me and I'm going, mm, is it okay? Do I, do I want to? be associated with something like this with that type of language and I realized though when we were talking about the podcast what it's actually about and that I really agree with the message of what you are promoting to take rid of like get rid of things that don't belong mm. and get our minds filled with things that are so helpful and healthy and that I really appreciate Yes, thank you. And so you asked me a question that nobody had asked me before, which I loved is why do you use this word? Because you know me personally, and you probably know that I never swear either. <laughs> so why would I use this word as the title of my podcast? So um, I thought it was, it would be interesting to share that reason with the listeners. So the First reason why I use the word shit in the title of my podcast is because it's a metaphor with butt wiping. And you know, I'm uh, the mom of twin boys. And so I've done a lot of wiping. <laughs> and when I started coaching, I kind of saw a metaphor there because for me, shit is not a swear word. It's just a word that we use to call things that need to come out of your body to make room for things to come into your body oh, yeah yeah and also I remember when my kids were little and were learning to wipe and how I had to literally teach them exactly how to do it you know how many 
pieces of paper and how to do it. And, and there's a part of coaching that is, that is that, to figure out practically how we do things. And the third thing is, I used to tell my boys, if you don't wipe yourself, it's going to smell and it's going to bother you and it's going to bother other. And so the metaphor continues because if you don't take care of your own shit, <laughs> it's going to bother you and others, right? So yes, that's the it spreads, it's yucky. <laughs> yeah, that's the first metaphor uh, or the first reason. And the second one is that I shared with you is that part of my journey uh, in knowing myself better is to be more mischievous. And so using the word shit, which I know uh, for other people is a swear word, felt mischievous. <laughs> and and for what happens to you when you are being mischievous? That's what I want to know. Well, for the non-native English speakers, I looked up the definition of mischievous because I wasn't sure if I could explain it well. So the definition is causing or showing a foundness for causing trouble in a playful way. And I think that's the key thing. It feels mm -hmm. playful. It feels a little bit forbidden. And, and so, yeah, it just feels fun and lights something in me. Yeah. 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 And when things light up inside of you and you're sort of working on that edge, that's sometimes when the most brilliant things come out. And I see that in you. And it's also something that I find because I also work on the edge of what people have assumed is appropriate for a rabbi to talk about, or, you know, how women should be connected with Judaism, and all these sorts of things. So it's, I really appreciate that mischievous edge, because it's something that the more I think people actually play at that level, mm -hmm. the more we can actually change paradigms and find what really lights us up. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. And I, and I believe you shared with me before that creating hot pink Torah was playing with that edge, right? Yes, it absolutely was. So hot pink, those words and Torah it, it seem as if they wouldn't go together. Torah are these sacred five books of Moses that were given at Mount Sinai. This is a thousands and thousands of year old tradition um, that created Judaism. And how on earth does that have to do with hot and pink, mm -hmm. these colors that are bold and bodacious and just signify something that seems so out there and modern. Um, but it's by putting those two things together that I realized I could share this new perspective, this new type of revelation that came to me through rabbinical school when I was studying to become a rabbi. Mm -hmm. um, and so the hot pink actually represents two things. Um, one is that hot pink is this boldness. Something is getting attention. It's being revealed in a very big way. You, if something's hot pink, you cannot look away. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing is taking ancient wisdom within Jewish tradition, within Torah, and polishing it up like a gem and just going, mm, you know what? This is the thing I want to highlight. This is what's yeah. bright. This is what's bold. And this mm -hmm. is what needs to be shown. And the other thing, which is probably even more mischievous, is that the hot and the pink are to be associated with arousal. 
Mm. arousal in the body, the way our body flushes when we are turned on. And the sense that our bodies and our spiritual life are very connected and that it's important to reclaim that connection. And that that's what Hot Paytora does. Yes. Yes, I love that. And you know, I was your first fan when you came up with Hot Pintora. I was like, oh, that sounds so juicy. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm so grateful for that. So can you relate that to the topic of today's episode, which is sens sensuality? Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit about how sensuality came up in all of this. Mm -hmm. When I was in rabbinical school studying to become a rabbi, Um, I spent six years and the majority of that time was hunched over these books, these leather black books in Aramaic and ancient Hebrew. And I had dictionaries around me and I still just could not parse anything out. And my back hurt. I stopped smiling and I just felt like my soul was being snuffed out of me. And yet I was doing the thing that you do to learn this ancient tradition. And it's a beautiful tradition. So I wanted to learn it. And yet it was hurting me truly like actual pain in my body. And, you know, it made me wonder why. Why is this happening? Why is this the way to learn about Judaism, about my heritage and the ancient wisdom that apparently is applicable today, right? Mm. For me as a woman. And so I began to realize, you know, the times that I feel most spiritually alive, when I feel this sparkle within me, it's not when I'm hunched over a desk. What it is, is when I am salsa dancing. It's when I am picking out tomatoes at the farmer's market. It's when I have belly laughs with friends. I'm hanging out with you and, mm -hmm. and I feel so alive. Yeah. And I feel connected to everything and everyone. And I feel nourished from the inside out. And I'm thinking, wait, that is what I love. And that is what connects me to the world and life itself and that sparkle, isn't that what religion is supposed to help you with? Mm -hmm. And I went, why am I being taught that, that, you know, I feel more, I feel more spiritually alive when I'm wearing three inch stilettos and mm -hmm. a mini skirt, <laughs> dancing salsa at a club at two in the morning that I do in synagogue there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, when I, this first kind of, ugh, I first realized this was happening and I came to terms with it, I blamed myself. Mm. You know, I thought, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, if only I were more disciplined, if only I were to just spend a little more time and toughen up and, you know, sit still, then I would be able to understand the deep wisdom within this ancient tradition. And Luckily, there was a deeper voice inside of me that said, no, 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 no. You are here to create a whole new way. You are here to open up people's hearts and minds and bodies to a whole new way because not everyone gets turned on by reading ancient books. Yeah. But the wisdom within these books, the wisdom that has been accumulated for thousands of years is still relevant and helpful. Mm -hmm. So. That's how I came up with this. And I realized that 
these activities that I loved so much, the dancing and the food and, and the connecting with people, all of these had to do with sensuality. And mm -hmm. that was the real thing that I went, oh, what if sensuality is a spiritual practice? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. What a gorgeous story. <laughs> oh, thank you. So for those listeners that were really engrossed in the story, can you summarize in a few words why it's important to connect with your sensuality? Ah. Well, because sensuality, first of all, it has a very bad reputation, which I know we're going to go into. Mm -hmm. But secondly, sensuality is connected to the body. And while we are in human form in this life, we have a body mm -hmm. and we have been in situations where we have been taught to hate our body, to be ashamed of our body, to have these awful relationships with, with our food and how we look. And mm -hmm. sensuality is actually a way to support us in reclaiming a healthy relationship with our bodies and while we are on this planet we might as well we might as well enjoy having this physicality that we do yes all right perfect thank you Sharina <laughs> <laughs> so you know this podcast is about you know wiping uh, preconceived ideas beliefs and things that don't serve us in general yeah so in this next part Uh, of this episode, I would like us to, or I would like you to tell us three things or beliefs or what mm. we might call shit <laughs> that we could wipe today to make more room for sensuality. Okay. Well, the first one is stop rushing through your life. Mm -hmm. So if you want to make sensuality go into the corner, hide under a blanket and never come out, start rushing. Because sensuality does not like rushing. When you are rushing through your life, you are incredibly focused, goal-oriented, and everything is about faster and more efficient. Mm -hmm. Sensuality, um, being engaged with your senses, is about peripheral vision. It's about being present to what is the diversity and abundance that is present. Mm -hmm. And when you are just have this goal of get there, rush, you miss all the flowers along the way. You miss the hug that someone was reaching out to give you, but you had turned your back because you were already getting in the car. You know, you miss the beauty of life. So stop rushing as much as you can. And I will give you just a little tidbit, which is that a lot of people think, well, but I have to rush because I'm so busy. So I can't slow down. Um, but if you slow down, the thing that no one tells you is you will be more productive. Mm -hmm. If you engage in sensuality, you will be more productive because your stress will go way, way down. Yeah. That's yeah. number one. <laughs> I love that. Um It's one of what one of our teachers used to say, right? What's in the way is the way. If you're pressed with time, it's probably because you need to take time. <laughs> yes, yes and absolutely. 
and I guess that's also one of the things um, my clients do with coaching because they often don't have time, but just the fact to commit to spending an hour a week on themselves um, is addressing that rashness, right? It's yeah. creating the time for yourself. And what I hear also is that it's not just about time, it's about presence, right? Yes. It's about the quality of the time, what you're bringing to it, what you're open to receive from it, rather than just that narrow goal mm. focus. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what's the second thing? Okay. The second thing is that sensuality is not sex. Mm. And this is very important because often, you know, sensuality sounds so erotic and you know it's often connected in the media with sex you know it's yeah. the idea that if you dance that leads to sex well sensuality is also considered something that leads to sex mm -hmm. except sensuality is not sex and when we have this limited point of view that sensuality only belongs in the bedroom it's only with a partner for that few moments of intimacy you have with them that it's relegated to this one aspect of your life. You miss out on sensuality that is everywhere at all times available, free of charge, and that can bring you so much joy and enrich your life. So it's really important to realize sex, sensuality, they are not one and the same. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's very a key message. Um, and because, as you said, it's the meaning of sensuality has been hijacked. But yeah. if I think about the word, I think actually sensuality is about your senses, right? Yes. Which is the work that you and I do, right? We help other people reconnect with their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um and for different purposes, in my case, I help them process some emotions or shame. Uh, but I know you go even further with your one-on-one -on -one clients, right? Yeah, and we, we work on different, you know, connecting spirituality um, with our physicality, you know, the sensual and the spiritual together. Um, that's one of the main things that we do. Yes, great. And so now give us a third one. Okay. So the third one is really that it's about the shame mm. um, that comes with this word sensuality and the experiences that we might have from being sensual in the world. Mm -hmm. So one of the challenges, particularly for women, but obviously not exclusively, um, is that a lot of times women's bodies are objectified. And so when we are being sensual, which can sometimes look playful, it can sometimes include touching or an enjoyment of something, even the deliciousness of a dessert, that sensual pleasure, um, it can be very awkward to have eyes on us. It can feel very uncomfortable because many women have experienced abuse based on showing up in a way where they are enjoying themselves in sensual pleasures. And so it's really can feel dangerous 
to embrace sensuality, especially when it is connected so deeply with sexuality, even Mm. though it actually is not, um, or not exclusively put in that box. And, you know, part of that, that shame also lingers in religious communities and different cultural communities. You know, if you think about a religious experience, uh, a lot of times people naturally have one, let's say in nature. And what is activated in nature? Your senses, your Mm -hmm. sensuality, touch, and what you hear and what you see and all of that. But in a lot of religious experiences, you sit still, you stand up, you pray words that other people wrote for you thousands of years ago. And the body is used as a tool for spirituality, Mm. but sensuality is in a totally different space. There is no room for it. You know, you breathe, you meditate, you get in a certain posture, you know, you you stand to honor the divine, but you're Mm. not standing and actually being sensually enlivened. And so when that spiritual religious is separated from our sensuality, it just, it just continues the cycle of shaming our bodies, making sensuality bad and wrong. And, you know, it's not everywhere, but it is very pervasive in our society. And so even if you haven't experienced it personally, by osmosis, you are receiving those messages that there's something wrong with your body and with sensuality. Yes. Yes, I love, I love that. I love that you connect it to shame. I've actually just recorded three episodes on shame. (laughs) And one of the central ideas is that shame objectifies people, bodies, things versus subjectifying it. So that's essentially what you were saying we objectify our body when like we are standing straight in church to do something versus subjectifying and understanding how is it to live your spirituality, your sensuality, etc. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's important. Thank you. Yeah. So let me recap the, the three things you want us to shift our perspective on first. Uh, we need to slow down. Rushing through life will not get you to sensuality. And, and, and rushing in presence, I guess. The second one is sensuality is not sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sensuality is connecting to your senses. And the third one is, how, how would I put it? Remove the shame to access mm-hmm. the sensuality. Yes. Subjectify your experience instead of objectifying it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So what can we do instead? (laughs) Yes. Yes. We have to have things we can do instead. Um, So the first thing is, you know, instead of rushing, you slow down. And it's, you know, it's the complete opposite. And as I said before, it can cause a lot of trepidation of, but if I slow down, I won't get anything done. 
Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right. It's, it's a legitimate fear of the mind that yeah. can only get past data as its resource mm-hmm. and doesn't know, well, what is this mysterious world where I can slow down and still get things done? Yeah. But even logically, if you're slowing down and you're more present, you're going to have space for insights to come through. You're going to be more aware of your surroundings to avoid missing something that might be essential to help you with a project you're doing. You may not forget your keys at home or in the office as regularly. Mm. But most of all, there's just a reduction of stress. And we all live in this hyper-stressful world where everything is go, go, go. And even if we can reduce that a tiny bit, it can really improve the overall quality of life. Um, So yeah, just, just slow down a little. And in Jewish tradition, we have an actual full day of slowing down called Shabbat. That's right. Um, the, the Jewish Sabbath, and it's a day off. You don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is such a beautiful idea, even if this has not been, you know, how you grew up or something that you practice, to take a certain amount of time off and just stop going so fast. Mm. It resets the nervous system. It helps you to recalibrate and just rejuvenate from stress and things that have been going on and and really helps overall wellness and health in the long run. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's kind of resourcing your resourcing yourself like re- yes. Yes. Um yeah. I know that both you and I have a practice to do that and I like to give some practical things for our listeners to do. Do you want to take us through one of those practices? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is a really simple practice to get into your senses, Mm -hmm. meaning that you are opening your capacity for sensuality. And it's a practice that helps you slow down and activate those senses. Um, And just so you know, this is not some sort of woo-woo thing of, oh, we're getting all spacey. This is scientifically backed. And people use this tool um, and augment it in different ways for anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. panic attacks, and other really challenging moments that we can go through. So this is something that if you want to integrate on a regular basis is a beautiful idea. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. All right, so let's do this. Obviously, if you are in a moving vehicle, lifting heavy machinery, please do not do this with us. Um, But please come back to this uh, when you have a chance uh, and experience this in live time with us. So I invite you to take a deep breath. Just maybe put your hand on your belly and just notice your breath without trying to change it. Notice where you feel that breath. Is it high in your chest? Is it in the belly? Perhaps you feel it in your back. And now notice your feet on the floor. And I invite you to wiggle your toes as if you were planting little kisses or tickles 
on the earth underneath you and that it was somehow kissing and tickling your toes back. Yes, this is not going to be a serious exercise because sensuality is not always serious. So enjoy that little sensation of playing and feeling the ground underneath you. And if you'd like now, you can imagine that there are roots going down from the bottom of your feet all the way to the center of the earth and feel that grounding presence. And if you're sitting in a chair or laying down, just really allow your back to sink into whatever it is, the back of the chair, the bed, and allow yourself to feel supported. Start to feel gravity. And notice any sounds that you might hear, including my voice. There might be a faint hum of the refrigerator or a bird tweeting maybe a honk of traffic or even silence and welcome it all. And now open your eyes and look around and notice an object or two. Notice the color, the shape, the texture. Let your eyes see what they see. And take a little inhale and notice if you can smell anything in the air. Maybe just a clean smell, maybe nothing at all. If you have an essential oil nearby, feel free to open that up and take a little sniff. And then notice what you taste in the moment. If you have a little drink, I have a little bit of water here. I'm going to take a sip and allow your mouth, your taste to come on board. And now let's explore touch and put your arms on your shoulders and let them come down to your elbows. Allow yourself to touch your body in whatever way feels good. It might be a gentle touch or a squeeze. And now take one more breath from this new place of having activated your senses and being more present in your body. Thank you, Sharina. That was absolutely lovely. <laughs> and there's two things that I want to um, say about it. Uh, one is for people who are interested in what this is and because you mentioned it being scientifically backed up, uh, you can look up uh, the word interoception on the internet and it will tell you more about that. The other thing that I really want you to notice is that this practice connects you to your five senses. It's <laughs> the base of sensuality. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. You notice we had 
we, what we saw, what we heard, what we smelled, what we tasted, what we touched. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for explicitly saying that. And I want to ask how you feel now that we did this exercise. Was there any shift for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel more calm, more yeah. settled, more relaxed. Yeah. 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 And a bit I clearer feel too. Yeah, yeah. Much clearer, right? It, it unclogs the brain a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that <laughs> is in practice how you can choose to uh, slow down and be more present. And you can see that it only took us about five minutes. So don't think you need a whole hour. Yes. And you can do this any time of day. Yeah. No matter where you are, you can do it in the grocery store. You know, there, there is no limit to yes. this. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So the second idea we wanted to shift was that sensuality was about sex. And as we just saw in this practice, there's a shift to thinking it's about your senses. Can you tell yes. us a bit more about that, please? Absolutely. And obviously, sensuality can be connected to sex. I don't want to say it cannot be connected. It's a very essential part of it. But it is simply does not need to be limited to that. Mm. Um, and and sorry, would, yeah. wouldn't you say that for people who struggle to be sensual in sex, that that accessing it through your senses in a like more mundane way is a good way to go towards it? Yes, yes. When you learn to activate your five senses in everyday life, no matter what's happening, then you start to allow what you have been discovering to mm. show up in a sexual context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're more available to pleasure. You know what you need more, what turns you on, what doesn't. And that information is key yes. for satisfying sexual encounters. Absolutely. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, but as you were saying, number two, what really um, is the important aspect of sensuality being seen in a very different light is that the body's language is sensuality. Yes. So yes. notice the word sensuality has sense in it. Another one of the ways that the body communicates with us is through sensation. And notice mm -hmm. that also has sense mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. So sensuality is the language of our body. It's how it communicates with us. And how awful is it to spend a lifetime with this partner called our body and not know how to communicate with it? Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know, people have talked about love languages. Well, yes. our body's love language is sensuality. And so it behooves us to learn it. And one of the interesting things that I have discovered over time is that when you start engaging with the senses, um, you start allowing yourself more space to see things and touch things and smell, and you're slowing down. There's this appreciation of life that comes. It's actually a very spiritual thing, right? Gratitude is a very spiritual quality. And that appreciation, that gratitude increases your ability to go through hard things and come out more resilient. Mm. 
and have this reservoir within your body to hold the complicated things that are called being human. So it's a real benefit, um, not only just to have a little bit more fun or something like that, or appreciate the sunset one night instead of not seeing it, yes. but in the long run, it really does enhance the quality of you being able to withstand the ups and downs that mm -hmm. are part of mm -hmm. life. Yes. Yeah. The quality of your life, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sensuality, what I want to highlight, sensuality is the body's language, the body's yeah. love language. Yes. Okay. And so the third point was about shame. Yes. So how do we move away from that? Yeah. So when I was talking about shame, you might remember that the shame was connected to objectifying the body. Yes. When we are seen as an object, I mean, who wants to be seen as an object? Mm. And so that shame that we take on means that we're only just physical, you know, and when we lose our looks, let's say when we're not, you know, when we don't look like a supermodel, which most humans do not, <laughs> then we're judging ourselves and somehow we have to be worried about aging. And there's this distaste and distrust of our body as if it's the enemy. Mm. And the way that we actually look at it from a new perspective is realize that this body is a vessel for our divine spark. Yes. And what I mean by that is our aliveness, the energy in us. Because just as I was saying that the body's language is sensuality, our divine language, the spirit realm, is their language is energetic. It's yes. energy. Yes. And our bodies are the sensual realm to explore. Mm. But in it and infused through it is energy. And yeah, can I just want to, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I just want to pause a minute on that because some people might not resonate with the divine, and so yeah. and 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 energy because some people are not into energy. So I just want to clarify that a little bit. What I think what you could replace the divine or the energy with for me is your um, inner fire. I like to have that image of having an inner fire and doing things that either fuel it or extinguish it yes. and and that's very much related to energy as well right so it's mm -hmm. both your divinity and your your energy and and <laughs> when when we speak about spirituality I would add the component of connection with the world and other realizing that we're all connected and these yeah. don't have to be religious concepts. I think mm -hmm. they're, they're just mm -hmm. universal concepts. Yes, I absolutely agree. I love that, that inner fire um, because it can be extinguished if we're not careful. It can overrun. Mm -hmm. I mean, th this, is, this is an aspect of us to be used to let us know, are we on the right path? Are we not? Yes. It's yes. something to be used in the body. Mm -hmm. You know, what feels good? If I touch the hot 
you know, kitchen stove. I'm going to get that signal. No, 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 no. Move mm. your hand away. Mm. And that's important information. Our physical and that other part of us, call it intuition, inner fire, the divine. I call it the divine spark. We are having this, this, this partnership between body and what I call spirit. And yes. that's just what it means to be human. Those mm -hmm. two things can either work in partnership well or not. Yeah. And when we objectify the body, mm -hmm. we negate our inner fire. Yes. We negate our divine spark. And so we're just an object. What good are we? You know, we yes. have a use. And once someone's done with the use, we're just done. You know, we don't have worth. We don't have value. Um, we can be treated with so much disrespect. Mm. And that, you know, uh, just doesn't help anyone. There's actually a very famous uh, rabbi who talked about the different ways that we can interact with people. And this points to, you know, the connectedness with the world. And it can either be an I-it relationship it being the object mm -hmm. or an I thou relationship. Mm -hmm. And thou could be in more modern language, be you, you know, mm -hmm. I, you. And what it means is there's a level of respect. Yeah. There's a level of, I see you. Mm -hmm. You're not just a plaything yeah. that I just throw out when I'm done, yeah. but you have infinite value. You are yes. worthy. And I see that, mm -hmm. um, you know, something that people might be, familiar with is the idea of namaste mm -hmm. and yeah. that idea and what it translates to is I see the divine within you you know yes. and so it's acknowledging that the body is not just you know flesh and blood but there's something animating it beyond that and um, and when you say that I also want to clarify that the you yes. can be yourself it doesn't have yes. to be another yes. person Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the relationship that needs to be cultivated the most. Yes. Because when we have that self-respect, when we're viewing our body as more than an object, um, we are cultivating love and respect and honor. And these are things that then transfer out into our other relationships. Yes. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And, and I think if I had to summarize what you just said for that third point, and which I really resonated with me, is to see our bodies not as an object, but as a vessel, as a way to connect our body and spirit. I love yes. that. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Okay. That is perfect. So um, I also like to give practical examples of those theoretical ideas that we discuss, although we, we did go into the practical a little bit. Um, and so I thought I would share an example of how I, I can pra I practice this. Mm -hmm. And an example that came up was then that I, one that I've already shared on my social media. Um, And as a newsletter, I think I called it, don't take the guilt out of pleasure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because for a lot of people and myself included, it's, it's, um, it feels scary to go towards pleasure, to go towards sensuality. And one of the things, if you follow me 
on social media that you'll know is that I take a lot of bath. <laughs> but it wasn't always the case, right? I spent years without taking bath, although I love it. Yeah. Okay. And one of the reasons I think is because when you go take a bath, you're by yourself with your body, with your mind. And it can feel a bit scary. What am I going to do? You know, it's that rushing through life. Like, oh, I've got things to do. How can I take a bath? <laughs> so it's it's deliberately choosing to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. It's also deliberately choosing to engage with your senses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because you're in the water. Um. And with your body. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a nice bath salt with some scents in it and, yeah. you know, a nice cup of something on the side. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I wanted to share one trick that helped me get into this practice. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to sound bad because it's going to sound like buffering, which is kind of a, you know, bad word these days in mental health. But there is, I think such a thing as good buffering so when I would go take my bath I would take with me my tablet and a food that I like like either a piece of cake a piece of fruit or whatever and they, they felt like having a blankie with me you know like a like an object of comfort that I could divert my attention to so I could I could be in the bath and enjoy that food which connects me to pleasure again or I could watch a movie and and while it sounds like it defeats the purpose, once you, when you do it regularly enough, now I still sometimes take food or my tablet, but I mostly don't use it because now I feel safer to, you know, to be in my bath, to be with my mind, to be with my sensations. So it's just a little trick that I wanted to offer. <laughs> mm, that is so beautiful. I love that you have this tradition of taking a bath. You are the bath queen. This is I one am. of the... I'm the sensuality queen. You're the bath queen. <laughs> I, I, I am so envious in little ways because I, I, when I take a bath and I love taking baths, but sometimes I get out of the water when it's been a little too hot and feel like I'm going to faint. Yes. And so I have to be so careful. So it's not always my go-to, but it is so, it's so nourishing and it activates all the senses. I mean, it really gets you into your body and you just can't avoid it. Um, and I love that you're talking about the buffering and mm. you're not shying away from this because this is a really important point that I hope everyone remembers, which is that, I mean, I need to hear this too. I think this is just for everyone to be reminded over and over. It's not all or nothing. Yes. It's not yes. black and white. You know, 1%, 0.1% more, you know, people talk about microdosing. It is so important to take the little step and realize that the little steps add up over time. You don't mm -hmm. have to transform in an instant. You know, it's so one day you're taking the cake and the tablet. And then how long have you been doing this? Suddenly you just don't need that quite as much because you feel safer in yes. your body and it takes time. Mm -hmm. But it's, it, would you say it's worth it? It's worth that practice? It's worth investing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because now, now it's become natural. Now it's a, yeah. it's a spiritual practice, one would say. <laughs> it is a spiritual practice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
So do you have a, an example that you can share with us? Yes, absolutely. There are many, um, but let me choose one. I want to give something that is, you know, like taking a bath that just seems so luxurious, you know. Yeah. I want to give an example of something that is so not luxurious. It's it's ordinary, it's practical, it's perfunctory, it's the chore that you have to do. Even that, better. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, that most people don't like. Yeah. Let, let, let's just be upfront about that. And that is folding laundry. Mm. You know, that big pile in the laundry basket that has been sitting there getting wrinkled that you just don't want to, yeah. So tell us so, how you make that sensual. <laughs> tell us how you make it sensual, make it fun, make it fun. Um, so here's the thing, what we talked about, slowing down and getting in touch with your senses, right? That, you know, realizing that also you're not just an object, but you, you are, you're, you're like a full person. You've got this body, but there's more than just the physical, right? So I tried an experiment mm -hmm. because there was one day that I, it was laundry day and I had all of my clean clothes. I threw them on the bed. It was like, oh, I guess I have to start folding them. All I wanted to do was go outside, do something else. I was frustrated about something that had happened the other day. I mean, everything was just conspiring against me, it seemed. And I went, hold on. How, how could sensuality help me out right now? This is a spiritual practice. How am I going to use it? And so I stopped for a second. I put my feet on the floor. I took a deep breath, got a little more in the body. And I said, all right, let's start using our senses. And I took a shirt and I realized, oh my gosh, it's still a little warm from being in the dryer. Oh, that feels really good. What if I put it on my neck, the back of my neck? Oh yeah. Oh, I can feel my muscles starting to relax. Mm. And then I looked outside. I realized, oh, wow, there's sunlight coming through the window. It's actually hitting this pile of clean clothes. And if I look at it from the perspective that there's beauty in this world, from the perspective of appreciation and possibility, I went, you know what? The way this pair of pants and this skirt and this sock are arranged, you know, it's very artistic. Mm. You know, if someone painted this, it might actually be hanging in a very famous museum worth millions, millions of dollars. Yeah. And I could smell that fresh scent of a little bit of lavender in that soap that I use to wash the laundry. And I started to daydream about the fun things I would do in this shirt that I was folding. You know, maybe I'd go take a walk with a friend of mine. Maybe I'd go out to dinner. Who knows what I'd do with this? And as I folded it and finished doing that, I let it brush gently against my thigh. Mm. And I could feel this sense that there was, there was some aliveness that was coming through. My legs started to tingle. You know, the way that the wind blows mm. across and you just sort of feel like, like the hair starts standing up on end. That's what it felt like. And I went, I'm folding a red shirt. <laughs> What just happened? Yeah. And of course, I turned something ordinary into something extraordinary. 
mm. a, a spiritual experience where I was so alive. I was so present. I felt so connected in the moment to yes. things that were so much bigger than I was. I was folding a red shirt. Mm-hmm. So this is what's possible. When I talk about the quality of your life can increase, yeah. this is what I mean. Even so- those daily chores, right? you can elevate them and you used your your body's language sensuality to activate that energy in you so you're you're divine yes because the body and sensuality is the gateway for that divine energy that inner fire to activate and come alive Mm. yeah yes what a great example thank you (laughs) Okay, so to recap, yeah. Thing number one, no rushing, but rather slowing down. You can use that uh, practice that Sharina took us through, but you can also do it, you know, with things of everyday life. Yes. Second one, sensuality does not equal sex, can be, but it's about engaging with your senses, with your body's language. Yes. And thing number three, take the shame out of it. Instead of objectifying your body, you want to subjectify, subjectify. (laughs) And you want to use it to be in the experience of your body to activate that energy, that divine in you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you you we haven't said and that you want to share about sensuality before we oh i i we have covered a lot i i simply want to say that this is a lifelong practice Mm. it's not to listen to this podcast you know and now i learned it good i took notes now i'm done let's move on to the next thing this is a lifelong practice but what a pleasurable lifelong practice Yes. You know, this is what I could stand behind. This is what I could do. Yes. Yeah. And it is a spiritual practice in yes. the sense that it's going to take you closer to yourself, right? Yes. Whatever you do, whatever happens, it's a way to get more intimate with yourself. Yes. More intimate with yourself, connected with the world, feeling that you belong feeling that you're safe feeling that you're loved and held and and all that all that good stuff awesome thank you well thank you so much for sharing with us all your knowledge about sensuality and i want to ask how can listener stay connected with you okay wonderful um so I'm actually in the process of creating a brand new website, which I'm so excited about. Um, But there is something still there, you know, that you can sign up to receive information about events that I'm doing. I'm writing a book. So when that is out or I'm sharing sample chapters, you'll be the first to know. Um, And that website is hotpinktora.com. Mm. Um, and also you can find me on Instagram at hotpinktora or Rabbi Sharina. If you type that in, uh, you will find me and I welcome you to share your impressions of uh, connecting here and what you've learned. And if you have any questions uh, or want to be in touch, please don't hesitate to reach out. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope this episode was useful for all our listeners. And I hope to see you again next time. Bye, Sharina. Bye. Thanks so much. And if you want fresh wipes and actionable tips every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. It's called The Brain Wipes. Also make sure to download The Mental Offload. It's my free ebook to learn how to start wiping things off your to-do list. It's been known to help people save precious time and energy. It's also been called What Everybody's Psychic Butthole Needs.